are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. We're going to talk a little bit more about Charity's filming of The Bachelorette season. Nothing major to report that's new since yesterday. It's only been 24 hours. Got to talk a little bit more about Taylor Swift. I'm going to talk about American Idol, April Fool's jokes, and the conversation that I'm going to record today for the weekly podcast this Thursday. I'll get into that momentarily. As you know, this podcast brought to you by Love and Pies. For a tasty mix of love and drama, download Love and Pies for free today and check out the Lake Pass event available now through May 7th. That's Love and Pies free to download in the App Store or Google Play. Go do it now. So not a ton to update in Charities Filming since yesterday's update, which was updating you on what happened over the weekend. They are filming in Washington, there was a one-on-one date Saturday at the Ski Bowl in Mount Hood. Group date on Sunday. Yesterday, another one-on-one date. They are staying at the Lodge, the Skamania Lodge in Washington. Uh, I got some more pictures there yesterday sent to me, but it was mostly of Crew and Jesse Palmer. Nothing that I can ascertain of what happened or who had the one-on-one The one thing I can tell you is the weather wasn't great all three days that they've been there filming dates in Washington. It just hasn't been. Remember yesterday, I told you I had a group date picture. Well, not a group date picture. The guys in the lobby before they headed out on the group date, every single one of them had an umbrella in their hands. I didn't mention that. So definitely raining. Uh, In the pictures I got yesterday, it was raining but like I said, it was mostly Crew and Jesse Palmer. There were two guys that I think I saw in the pictures as well. But they had jackets on that were literally covering up their whole face because they had a hood on because it was raining. So nothing really new to report in regards to what happened in Washington. Today, rose ceremony number four. Tomorrow they leave. Now, next location think I know, but it's not confirmed. So obviously I don't want to say anything. I've also heard a possible destination for a future city that they are headed this year, this season, but again, not confirmed. So when I know, you will know. And yeah, just not a lot to go over in terms of anything going on in charity season since yesterday's update, which gave you a rundown of where they are and what dates took place and where. Yesterday, I had brought up Chris Harrison and his podcast, and I said, look, I listened to the 17-minute podcast he did with Matt Baloney, who does a podcast and has a paywall website that I didn't pay for, but kind of got the gist of what he said. And when I was talking about Chris Harrison, I was like, it's just funny that he's interviewing people that are filling him in, quote-unquote, on what Mike Fleiss's behavior was behind the scenes. When Chris very know, Chris knows damn well exactly all the stories uh, and all the skeletons in Fleiss's closet, but he can't say anything because he's under an NDA after he signed. He left the show. Now, 
I did not watch Dave's video, but I pulled up his YouTube page, Dave Neal, and I saw that he did a video where the title of it says, Bachelor host Chris Harrison reveals more bombshells about former creator Mike Fleiss, and the thumbnail on the picture says, Chris says he would return now. So I don't want to, I did not listen to Dave's video, I did not watch it, nor did I listen to Chris Harrison on his podcast where he possibly alluded to this. Did Chris Harrison say he would return to the show now that Fleiss is gone? I mean, takes two to tango. They would have to ask him back for him to be on it. But I guess that's him just kind of saying, look, I would have still been the host if it wasn't for Fleiss. He fired me. You know, I'm guessing that's what he's alluding to. Do I think this is going to happen? I I don't know. I I don't. It seems like they decided we're going to go in a different direction. And we're going with Jesse. I mean, I could things change, I guess. Uh, I, I don't, you know, to say like, oh, it's going to happen next season or next year or two years. We just we don't even know how long, much longer the show is going to be on. Or if it's going to still be network, if it's going to go to streaming, whatever the case may be. But when Chris first started his podcast, he talked a lot about how he seemed to have all these irons in the fire and he's got all this stuff to share with everybody, but he'll share when he can in terms of what his future roles are and what he's going to be doing. But so that didn't, I mean, that was all before Fleiss was fired. What's he going to drop all that just so he could go back on the show? Like it just, I don't know if I'm the show, I don't bring him back. I mean, you're, you're living in the past. If you do that, there's no need to. And I don't think Chris, I, I'm sure, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand why Chris would even want to come back. Because those first two podcasts that I listened to, and honestly, those are the only two I listened to before I listened to the 17-minute one the other day. Everything Chris said in that podcast, in those first two that he did, that he released, would be very hypocritical if he just runs back to the show and goes on the and whether they ask him back or not. And I know things have changed. I know Fleiss is not any part of the show anymore. I get it. But the way he kind of took shots at the show and the way he said his life is so much better now and he wasn't happy, he wasn't the person he was back when he was doing the show and all this stuff, it just seems hypocritical for him to now be like, yeah, I'd go back if, if that's what he said. I'm only going off... Dave's thumbnail on his video that says Chris said he would return now. So if those words came out of his mouth, then that's hypocritical from what he said in his first two podcasts where he was clearly making it seem like I'm so glad I'm out of there and I'm so glad I'm not doing that anymore because I wasn't happy. Now, if all of that happiness stemmed from Mike flies being there and Mike Flies being his boss, I still think it's a little hypocritical because there's still a lot of people there that I, I know he's friends with, and I know they're friends with him. But the thing is, Jesse Palmer hasn't done anything to lose the job. So I think that would be really shitty of the show to just say, you know what, Jesse, thanks, but no thanks. We're going to go back to Chris. It just doesn't make any sense. Jesse, I think, has been a better host than Chris. 
I think Jesse cares more about the show than Chris does. I think Chris got too big for his britches on the show. I think Chris used the show as, look at me, dig me. I'm Chris Harrison, host of The Bachelor. Jesse Palmer hosts 17 other shows and is part of all these other different projects. It's not his identity. It was Chris Harrison's identity. He was the Bachelor host. He was that guy that hosted The Bachelor and said, this is the final rose tonight, the most dramatic season ever. Jesse hosts the baking show. He's hosted the proposal. He hosted that surfing show. He's on ESPN. This is just one of Jesse's shows. I almost like it better that way. You know? And I get, you know, look, Jeff Probst is the face of Survivor. And that's all he really ever did. He had a talk show, I think, for two or three years, and that failed. But he's the guy that hosts Survivor. The what Phil Keoghan is the one that hosts the Amazing Race. There's TJ Lavin is known for the challenge. I get it. It's fine to have your name, image, and likeness identify with one show. But now that that's passed, and for whatever reason, agree or not, Chris was let go, I just don't think he needs to. I don't think he needs to come back to this. I don't even know why he's entertaining it. Is it really all because of Fleiss? I thought he had all these irons in the fire. I thought he was going to share with everybody all this stuff that he has coming up in his professional life and what he's going to be doing work-wise. I haven't heard one thing. Podcast has been on the air three months. I haven't heard any announcement of what TV, if any TV gig he has coming up. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. It's a wait-and-see approach when it comes to Chris Harrison. So we talked about Taylor Swift yesterday. I did. And as you know, my videos speak for themselves. I had a blast. I'm still contemplating. Can I see her again? Can it financially work out for me? Does something work out timing-wise where I'll be in a city to where it won't cost me as much to see her? I don't know. I still, I still don't know yet what I'm going to do. Would I like to see her again? Absolutely concert was worth it it's just a matter of wanting to versus being able to and I just don't know yet because I know this is going to cost an arm and a leg the one thing that's a lot of people are now doing with these concerts is during a portion of the show it's during the 1989 era of the show she comes out in a t-shirt and it has a saying on it and some of her dancers have, I think her dancers have the shirt too on. Maybe it's just her. I don't know. But in the seven shows that she's done, two in Arizona, two in Vegas, three in Dallas, these shows and these T-shirts that she has on, certain times on the T-shirt, certain words are in red and everything else is in black. So people are like, putting these codes together and essentially it looks like what she's trying to tell her audience with these color coded shirts is that speak now is going to be the next album that she releases Taylor's version. I get, I don't get into all that stuff. I know that Taylor loves doing Easter eggs for her fans. I've never been one that geeks out over that stuff. I'll geek out over her songs as you could clearly see and her songs live in concert 
I'll geek out over those every day of the week and twice on Sundays. But I was talking about this with my father yesterday and just the experience that I had over the weekend on Friday. And I don't know how musicians are contractually... I don't know what their contracts are for these tours that she does, but we were just taking Dallas, for example, because she sold out each one, all three shows, 70,000 each night. So they said it was like 210,000 and change saw her this past weekend in Dallas. And let's just say the average ticket price was $250, which seems rather low. That would mean just on ticket sales for a three-day weekend, that tour grossed $52 million. Now, like I said, I have no idea how she gets a cut of that or what her cut is. You know, clearly you have to pay the venue. You have to pay insurances. You have to do all this. stuff. Pay your band, pay your dancers, pay so many people involved in that show, in that production. How much does Taylor take home? And that's just gross ticket sales. Does she get a cut of the parking, the concessions? Clearly she gets a cut of her merch. You know, if you Google her net worth, she's worth over $400 million. But that almost seems low. I'm surprised she's not a billionaire at this point. Because her albums all sell a ridiculous amount of numbers. Their downloads are crazy. She's got 10 songs in the top, in the Billboard Top 100 or whatever. But just looking at the finances of this past weekend... That's if, if the average ticket for 70,000 tickets for three nights was 250, it grossed 52 million in a weekend. So how much of that does she get? I don't know. Shit, if she got 10% of it, she made 5 million for three days. And I think she probably gets more than 5 million. I think she gets more than 10% of that. It's my guess. I, I, I don't know. Maybe she doesn't. With everything that has to pay out. How, how much does it cost to rent AT&T Stadium? All these stadiums that she's doing. She has to pay the venues to use them. But what is what are they charging? 500000 A million? A night? I don't... I have no idea. I'm so clueless when it comes to musicians and their contracts. But what I do know is this. At the end of 2023, this is going to be the highest grossing tour by far of 2023. Because I just read you three days, probably low on the ticket prices, average ticket price, and sold out each show at 70,000 a seat, 70,000 seats each night. That's three days. She's doing, I think, 55 tour dates. So if every three shows she's making $52 million gross ticket sales, so just on ticket sales, three into... 52 goes, what, 18? <laughs> then you take 18 to multiply it by 52. So, I mean, this is all just a guesstimate, but that's $936 million in gross ticket sales for this tour. I, I mean, these numbers are astronomical. But it's not surprising because this is what she does. She sells out stadiums everywhere she goes. Every single place she's going to is sold out. And we haven't even talked about overseas yet. I don't even think she's announced her dates for overseas. Has she or where she's going? I'm sure she's going to Australia. I'm sure she's going to the UK. I'm sure she's going to Japan, 
I'm sure she's going to China. I, I, all of her past places that she's gone to, I'm sure she's going to again. But man, I mean, this, I, I got to believe, that was just ticket sales, 936,000, roughly. 936 million. So you you take in parking, concessions, the merchandise sales, which the lines are around the corner for these things. I, the gross has got to be over a, a, a billion dollars, right? She's at $936 million for just ticket sales. Unless I did my math wrong on that, but I don't think I did. You know, I mean... I don't know. <laughs> I mean, one show, 70,000 in one show times 250 per ticket is 17.5 gross ticket sales per show on a 70,000 seat stadium, which is most most of these are 70, you know, going to be 60 to 70,000. So 17.5, so just take 17,500 and multiply it by 55 shows because that's I think how many she's having. And yeah, 9 90 that's not right 96 million 17 million 500,000 times 55 shows yeah 962 million yeah this thing's grossing over a billion has to be how much she takes in of that I have no idea like I said I don't know the contracts but it's fascinating it's fascinating to run the numbers on this concert pretty crazy speaking of singing Taylor Swift did not get her start on American Idol. And I am about four weeks behind on Idol. I had watched every audition episode up until the week I left for Vegas, and I haven't seen an episode since. I'm so disappointed. Aren't they in Hollywood week already? So I basically am just going to have to skip the end audition shows that I missed. And I think they did back-to-back Hollywood episodes Sunday night and last night. Going to have to get caught up on those. Am I missing anything good? I, you know what? I will fill you in once I, I I plan on getting caught up because with no, yes, the Bachelorette is filming, but you know I don't write a lot during the off season if at all. It's just going to be mostly podcasts, just like it was this past summer. So keep that in mind, and it just gives me a little more free time to watch stuff during the day because I'm not having to worry about what I need to write the next day. So I should get caught up on some Idol. Looking forward to it. April Fools was on Saturday and Becca Martinez got everybody again. She seems to be that from Bachelor Nation at least. She seems to be the queen of fooling people. Her April Fools joke was that she was putting her son and daughter in boarding school and had me going for about 30 seconds cuz right when I saw it I messaged a couple people and one of them was Dave and Dave Neal immediately responded back. He's like, Oh no, no, that's April fools. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. So, but that was a good one. I saw somebody in the celebrity world did a pregnancy April fools, which is, I still can't believe people are doing this in 2023. How tasteless it is. To say you're pregnant on April Fool's Day, it just, how many times have we seen this? How many times have these people been called out and had to apologize for doing that, yet somebody else did it? Not in Bachelor Nation. 
Somebody did it this past weekend, saw the headline, didn't need to read the story because I assumed it was pretty straightforward. They told people they were pregnant. And now I already forgot who it was. But again, I can't believe people are still doing this. Just stop with the pregnancy pranks. They're not funny at all. And wrapping up here, I mentioned yesterday in the podcast, one of the people that I was texting about the Taylor Swift concert was Morgan Willette. And Morgan is going to be the podcast guest this week on the weekly Reality Steve podcast. I'm recording with her today. We're going to go over a lot of things. As far as I know, Morgan has only done one podcast since her public breakup from Johnny Bananas. And I'm going to tread lightly with Morgan in regards to this. She says she is an open book and she will talk about it. And I remember the first podcast she did was very hard on her to talk about it for the first time. I can't remember the name of the podcast, but I thought they did it, handled it very well. But they never really got into the nuts and bolts and the details of it. For me personally, I'm more impressed by Morgan about how she bounced back from it. But are there some questions that I still have in regards to the breakup and what happened? Yes. And I will tread lightly with her. I will see. If she doesn't want to talk about it, I'm not going to force her to. But I do want to kind of know. Because I don't really know what has happened since on Johnny's side. And it'll be interesting to see what Morgan says. I mean, it's been over a year. And I think for a while, she just did not want to talk about it. And understandably so. Then she went on a podcast. She got very emotional talking about it because this was a very hard time in her life. And now that she's further removed, that's probably why she feels like, hey, I'm an open book. I'll talk about it. I don't care. But I still want to tread lightly with her. And I'm not going to push her to talk about anything she doesn't want to talk about. But look forward to that. I can't wait to talk to her today. And look forward to that on Thursday because that will be Thursday's weekly podcast. So cannot wait to hear from Morgan. And Morgan's been on the podcast before. She was on while she was with Johnny. I want to say this was, when did I have her on? I can't, I honestly can't remember. When you have over 330 podcasts, your weekly podcast, you know, outside of the ones that I know I have on quite often, the Dave Neals, the Jacqueline Trumbulls, the Kristen Baldwins, I, I know when I have those people on usually, you know, oh, I had them on a few months ago, or whatever the case may be. I had Morgan on. She's been on once, and I want to say it was pre-COVID. Early 2020, 2019? Shit, I don't even remember when I had her on. I'll try and get that answer for you before I record tomorrow. But anyway, look forward to that this week. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. The Sports Daily comes out in an hour from now, so check that out if you're interested in a little sports talk. Again, thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.